Good day, Industrial Advisors listeners, and thank you for tuning in. If you have not subscribed, please do so by clicking subscribe wherever you podcast. Click the like button and hit the bell if you want notifications of when we put up new content. Leave us a comment about anything we discuss here today or general comments about the show. Now, let's get into it. Welcome to the Industrial Advisors Podcast. We are here live with Bill Condon, myself, Matt McGregor. We are at IAMC in Detroit, Michigan. And we have, once again, this is actually the first time we've had a second guest on the show. <laughs> Betsy Power is the director with PepsiCo Global Real Estate. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah. You were so good the first time. We had to have you back. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about your background. I, I was I was looking at your LinkedIn profile this morning, and you have a a great history. Uh, <laughs> take us back to high school. So I saw, like myself, you went to junior college. I did. And then you became a, an attorney. So take us to high school. What was your path with that? So I guess I was just a late bloomer in some ways. I was not sure where I wanted to go to uh, college. So uh, I'm from the from the Tyler area in East Texas. So I went to Tyler Junior College for one year, um, which was great. I had a younger sister, um, and she was one year behind me, so I kind of waited on her. And we, we both ended up at North Texas State, which now is the University of North Texas. And uh, I knew— What city is that in? It's in Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas, awesome. yes. A very, it, it's, it's grown over the years, but it's still, I would say, a relatively small city. Okay. Um. But uh, I, I always knew, and I don't know why, but I did, I, I voiced that I wanted to be an attorney when I was in sixth grade, and I never wavered from that. So um, I graduated from the University of North Texas and then immediately went into law school at Texas Tech University. Great which was, school. It, it, it is a great school. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> Red, Red Raiders, right? Red, Red, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and Patrick Mahomes is also from White House, which is kind of a sister city to the small town that I grew up in. So we're very proud um, that he came from East Texas. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I went to Texas Tech uh, three years, law school. I met um, a man uh, <laughs> in law school. And we got married, and then we, we actually ended up practicing together at certain points in our careers. But um, uh, I practicing law, I will say, was, was not my calling. Um, I was a litigator. Oh, uh, wow. And personal injury defense, okay. which, again, it was just all, my perspective was it was all about the money, right? Um, right. The attorneys really didn't care so much about um the people who had been injured, the lives that had been um, uh, ravaged, but um, and it just it just never felt good to me. But I did it for nine years. Wow! Then I um, it was your own practice. No, it was it not. Okay. I was in a big downtown Dallas law firm. Okay. You know, I had the uh, the window office that looked over the Trinity River and you know downtown. I mean, I thought I had made it, and for two years I was very happy. But um, again, litigation, especially personal injury, and I was on the defense side. It was really mostly about billable hours for yep. us. And then for the plaintiff's attorney, it was just about 
getting as much money as they could for their client. But um, what I will say is because of the time that I spent at that firm, I, you know, I, I really felt like I became a, a, a good attorney more quickly just because of the type of practice that we had. But I just always knew that it, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. So what I ended up doing is I got to a point where I was just like, you know what, I've got to do something that I enjoy. So I joined Starbucks mm -hmm. as, a, as a store manager, believe it or not. And of course, when the district uh, manager who, who interviewed me and hired me was like, why in the world do you want to? <laughs> Power well, litigator yeah. coming right. in. Yeah. Right. And I, w I was just very transparent. I'm like, I, I, I hate what I'm doing yeah. as an attorney. And um, at the time, I, I had been practicing with my ex-husband. And so I just, we had an, I had the ability to go and do something that I thought would be much more enjoyable than what I was doing. And I was always a huge Starbucks fan. <laughs> yeah. Still am. Yeah. Still That's am. Awesome. And um, so uh, I went into operations at Starbucks. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I managed um, a store. Then I got promoted in a couple of years to, to district manager. And then I managed 12 stores in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, made some, I mean, just some great friendships with the people that I worked with. But then I got divorced and became a single mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, I needed to go back to a more um, nine to five. Retail is 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 challenging. Sure. Yeah, it's, You're it, always on and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Weekends, holidays, all that on call yeah. all the time. Uh, so I went I went back to practicing law, and it again an unusual situation, I guess. But I went back to practicing with my ex uh, husband at the time, and we formed our our own firm. Uh, we always worked really well together That's great. and um and we have a son together mm -hmm. and so we just we have a really good relationship so good but um but uh i you know i got disenchanted again i was practicing a different kind of law and i actually represented frito-lay um in workers compensation uh defense cases but it's still again it was not my calling so once again I changed industries. So I'd been an attorney, then I'd been an operations manager. Um, then um, I, and I, we, I spoke about this on the podcast last year, is I have a brother who works for Fisher. He's been there 20 years and he knew I was miserable being mm -hmm. an attorney. And he said, well, why don't you come and try real estate? And I was ready for any, anything really, I really was. And anything that what, but, but what I was doing. And just for the listeners, Fisher... Are they a tenant rep only they firm? They are tenant yes. rep only yeah, firm. Phenomenal yes. firm. Kind of known for their software back in the day, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and and I guess a big FedEx um, yep. um, is, is a big customer of theirs. Yep. Um, so I went to work for my brother-in-law and on his team, and I was a transaction manager. Yep. But in because there was an account that he needed you know, someone to be on. So it was just kind of kismet that it happened that I wanted to do something else different. And he wanted, and he had an, he had an opportunity for me. And, um, so I spent five years as a transaction manager, but I also did some brokerage. I did, you know, some site tours. I, um, I just kind of learned what it takes to be a broker as mm -hmm. much as, as again, a transaction manager. 
but the account, the account that I was managing went away. And because of that, I had to go look for another job. My brother-in-law, though, because he's been in the industry for so long um, and knew so many people, he just started dialing for, for me. Hey, I've got somebody. Didn't say it was his sister-in-law. <laughs> of course. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, he had um, had a, cli a client, um, James Keeley, who's my now boss. And um, I, James said, sure, I'll, I'll interview. And... Uh, interview her. And um, then I got up to the VP of real estate and he liked me. And I knew, again, I knew zero really <laughs> about industrial real estate. And, but I, but again, I have skill sets, right? Okay. So uh, all of the, the jobs that I had up to PepsiCo, I still use all of those skill sets. People management that I got from Starbucks negotiation, uh, contracts in being an attorney, and then, of course, transaction management brokerage um, with Fisher. So that's, it's kind of like, again, I'm, I'm 59 years old, and most people my age, you know, it's, it's, it was frowned upon if you changed industries, sure. changed jobs, because, um, you know, you're supposed to be at your, your company for 50 years and then retire. <laughs> but Honestly, having these four careers has culminated in me being, I think, in the job that I will retire at, right? I love what I do. It was a hard beginning in that, again, I had to learn everything from scratch. I had good mentors, though. I can't tell you how many times I reached out to my brother-in-law. For sure. And um, contact for real estate. Yes, exactly. And so I, I feel comfortable now that I'm you know, I think we'll always, I'll always grow. I'll always learn something new, but I feel comfortable that I know what I'm doing now. You definitely know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you kind of touched on, it. I mean, that the background, uh, you know, that you went through made you really good at what made you better at what you do today. Right. So, um, that's great. Now we're here obviously at IAMC and I know you are a huge advocate. Um, and, um, you know, Matt, told me about this uh, organization a couple years back. And I went to my first conference last year, really enjoyed it, um, had an absolute blast. What do you think the, the biggest benefits to IAMC are? Well, I'll speak from a corporate end user perspective because I'm sure everybody else has their perspective on it. But um, I think one of the biggest benefits is the ability to connect with people that one we could potentially do business with. I can also connect with other corporate end users. Um, and that has been invaluable for me, not just for the fact that, oh, we, we're in the, we do the same thing, but I've actually um, connected with corporate end users that have helped me. So I, um, I'll, I'll talk about um, Don Hansen. So we wanted to buy a piece of property from Granger. And I knew Don through IAMC, never heard of him before IAMC. And um, I asked him, I just, because I had developed a relationship with him, I called him up and I was like, look, we, we would like to buy a piece of your property in Davenport, Iowa. Is, is that possible? 
And lo and behold, yes, it was. And not only did we buy one piece of land from him, we bought another one as well. But just, you know, just having met him, we were able to benefit. He didn't need the land, so he got a little money out of the, you know, the deal. And we got two pieces of, two parcels that um, allowed us to expand our distribution center in Davenport. And then I just recently met a guy named Gary Haley, who was with Veritiv, and I had been dogging him for years about buying a piece of his property. <laughs> See, that brokerage background really did help. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And it looks like we might be able to do a deal together. That's so, so great. Um, but, so, so there are there's a multitude of benefits uh, at IIMC. We have a program called uh, IMC Fellows, and um, which again is just a nice way to have additional conversations and learnings that are not necessarily focused on industrial real estate, but more on just leadership principles. And so we actually are, are having one this morning. Um, I think it starts at nine o'clock. I'll be in that. And, and again, I'll say this, I think I said this last time, but I'll repeat it, is that I'm a corporate end user. And so I need service providers and I need economic development people. And this is the best place to find those people yeah, is right. at a, an organization and a forum like this. I, I mean, I meet someone new every time, more than one, you know, just and again, I like the fact that it is industrial focused. I don't really have any responsibilities for office. So I've been to Cornet forums and I, and, and I had a good time, but I really feel m much more comfortable in with IAMC because it's exactly what I do. And right. yeah, that connectivity piece and the sharing of best practices is, is key. It, it, yeah. Invaluable. So since we were in Florida last year, uh, 12 months ago, right? Um, a lot's changed. Yes, so yes. Um, <laughs> I guess what's been kind of the biggest change to, to your business in the past 12 months? I think that the time to get a lease negotiated has, I, I would say, stretched out a bit for us. Um, and again, most recent, well, of course, we go back to 12 months again, 12 months ago, wasn't so bad. But we are, are finding now that, of course, we've got, we've always had, since the pandemic, um, challenges with maybe construction materials and dock doors and, you know, whatever, you know, we need to do to put, put a distribution center together. But what we're finding is now, of course, with um, the interest rates rising, not only are we having challenges with getting construction materials, our de developers getting construction materials, we're also finding that they're having to maybe, I won't say retrade, but they're just, they're, they're, they're coming to us and saying, you know what, we can't do it for this amount. Yeah. And so then we've got to decide, because what we do at, at PepsiCo, which I think is brilliant, is that we go in and we get approval early. We have just basically, you know, we don't, we kind of know what the cost of this building is going to be. And we will go ahead and get you know, senior leadership approval, and then we're off and running. We'll do indemnity agreements with the developers to help them start um, spending money against the project. Um, 
in any manner they need to use the money. But we've done that um, over and over and over again. And not once have we, you know, been burned. Not once have we had to repay the money back. Uh, but with interest rates rising, what we're seeing is, I'm sure everybody is, is that lenders are tightening. And so, again, we, we mostly work, I would say, mostly with national developers. So that helps. But we, some of our smaller developers that do what we call our last mile facilities, they're just getting crushed with the uh, rates that their you know, lenders are giving them. And so we actually had one developer who is doing our last mile facilities say, I just can't do any, I can't, I can't, I'm going to have to stop. This is, and pause until things get better. Yeah. And even though our last mile facilities are much smaller than a big distribution center, they're just as important to us as, a you know, 200,000 square foot DC. And these might be, you know, 5,000 to 10,000 square feet. So that's been our biggest challenge is just one, finding developers that can perform in this, you know, um, financial environment. And, and then, of course, just we're really having to do a lot of, uh, I guess, extra conversations with our larger developers on, you know, how are we going to do this deal if, if, if y'all feel like you can't do it for the price that we originally thought you could. Right. What would you say outside the lease delays and things going on with construction, financing and all of that, what would you say that like the two most dynamic things that are impacting PepsiCo right now? Well, you know, interest rates are, you know, impacting us as well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no secret that we have raised our prices. Right. And um, we don't like to do that, but uh, we've had to, just like any other business. We try to control it um, as much as we can. Um, but luckily and happily, I guess, I won't say foods resist recession proof, but people are still probably going to buy our product, even if it goes up, you know, 50 cents, right. you know, so, so that's helpful. Um, but we're, but again, we, we have uh, large manufacturing plants and they're, they're, they're having the same challenges. We need to put a new roof on a manufacturing plant and the cost of it when they, you know, envision the CapEx is now changed. And what we're seeing, and I think one of the biggest challenges we're having is that we're having to go back to senior leadership and get supplemental CapEx approval. Right. And um, and again, that just wreaks a bit of havoc on the entire budget, right? So for the company. So I would say it, it's really, it's we're having the same challenges as others. I think it's probably less so because we are a large company. I think, again, we're seeing just everything that other corporations are, are seeing and, For sure. and developers, yes. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about inflation and the current economy. You've done a nice job of uh, talking about how that's impacted you guys. I imagine labor is also an issue yes, for you is. guys right now. Um, but what do you think 2023 has in store? Well, you know, um, there's been a lot of conversation about that, right? Everywhere from everybody. And... Um, what I, for for us, I think we will continue to do the work that we're doing and we'll figure out a way to do the deals, whether we have to recraft the building, whatever it is that we might have to do in order to 
make sure that we continue to move forward. Right now, I, I would have thought that, you know, we have a pipeline projects that maybe we would have paused, but we haven't. And again, I think this is just a, a product of the fact that, and again, you, you, if y'all have seen any of the Frito-Lay advertisements or whatever, we are coming out with so many new products yeah, all the time. I, I have noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just got three new flavors of chip for FIFA, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it, Why it, wouldn't you? Right? Like, right exactly. Yeah. And we, it, I feel like now we've got like at least 10 versions of Mountain Dew. Oh my um, gosh. Well, and you got like all the energy drinks and oh stuff. Oh my now, gosh. So it's like, right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and all of, yes. So all of these new products, um, uh, and I think I might have discussed this last year, is, is it's, a, it's a skew, right? It's a, one product, but maybe 15 different flavors. And so we need to get every skew that we can into a distribution center and, 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 and get it out to market. Um, and so we we really aren't s slowing down on the construction and the build of suits that we're doing because again every month day that we don't deliver one of these new distribution centers is lost sales for the company. So again, I think it's it's I feel lucky, blessed, whatever that that our company is managing through this period of time. Um, and it's so funny because we 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 dealt with a pandemic. Now we're dealing with interest rates, but I, again, I feel like we're prepared to be to to take on those challenges. And 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 what I will say too is, our developer partners that we that we're working with, you, you just need a very very good relationship mm -hmm. with those developers. We want to do deals with the same companies. Um, over and over again that are performing at, at, at the rate we need them to perform. And I, I just can't stress enough how important it is for us to have those relationships. That's right. Um, because we cannot do this without our brokers, without our developers, without our economic development um, partners. It's, it's, you know, it takes a village. It That's really right. does. Well, you certainly are a relationship master. Uh, you're great at your job. You're a great leader here at IMC. We want to thank you for being our first repeat guest on the show again. Thank you so much. Enjoy the conference. Thank you. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you.